today and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, have you got a Bible? Grab a Bible, grab an iPad, grab something, look at the screen, it doesn't matter what you look at this morning. I'm just believing God to, in our last Sunday, can I say thank you so much for the last, I can't believe we've been here six weeks. I mean, life is just flying by more rapidly than it ever has. But from the bottom of our hearts, I want to thank you for your openness to us. Uh, We are good, very, very good friends of Josh and Kristen. Uh, We are praying that this isn't the last you will see of us, that perhaps we'll be invited back, but that remains to be seen depending on how we go. But this, this is our, our last week here, and, and I've just got a word that's in my spirit, and I want to share with you today that I believe will make a real difference in our lives. Every day can make a real difference in our lives. Every day is a new day. I've noticed this in life, that particularly as I get older, there is a tendency to settle down. There is a tendency to go with the flow, be comfortable, accept life as it is. Now, I'm all for accepting life as it is, but I don't accept that it's got to stay the way it is. Because I believe passionately God has got much more for every person in this place. God has got much more for us as a church. I believe that, that as I said the other week, we are born with purpose. As I prayed over young Ethan over there, the Bible says that God fashioned our days before there were any of them. And I believe that he has destiny. He has purpose over every single one of our lives. The problem is, is we, 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 we have challenges in life. We've got an enemy to our destiny. And quite often we accept life as it is right now rather than push in and pursue God that he may, we may, sorry, live out the, the, the days that he's fashioned for us. Not just days in number. I don't just want to grow old. I want to grow old with purpose. I love it. Before Moses went, God said of Moses after he died, he says his eyes were not dim nor his natural vigor diminished. He was 120 at least. And his eyes weren't dim. That means to me, eyes, sight speaks of vision. And when Moses was 120 years old, he had as much vision about his life as he did when he was 40. How many want to grow old like that? And his natural vigor, there was, a, there was a faith, there was an expectation, there was an excitement about his life when he was 120, just like he was 40. Who wants to be like that? You can be 20 and have no vigor. You can be 120 and be full of vigor in Jesus' name. How many believe that today? But the thing is, we need to be a people that foster that, 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 that give life to that. If you've got a Bible, I want to turn to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. I'm going to not, well, this is a faith statement. I'm going to not preach long. That is more of a faith statement than anything when it comes to me. 
But I'm going to look at a few things this morning that the Apostle Paul writes to, to number one, his son Timothy, and then to the church of Jesus Christ in his writings. Uh, because I believe that Paul was one that was just like Moses. He was full of vision and he was full of vigor. But there's certain things that Paul had to realize and had to understand about his life that would keep him living the purposes of God. Because I believe this, we don't just all automatically live out destiny. We've got we've to speak to our destiny. We've got to believe what God's got for our lives. The Apostle Paul comes along to his son Timothy here. Paul's about to die. Paul's uh, in prison, waiting to be executed, waiting to be martyred. And he writes some final words to his son. And he says this in, in, in 2 Timothy 1.6. He says, Therefore, I remind you, Timothy, to stir up the gift which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of love. He's given us a spirit of power and he's given us a spirit of a sound mind. How many believe that this morning? As, as Lynn said, if it's not good, it's not God. God didn't give fear. God gave love. God gave power. God gave sound mind. That's what he's given us. But he goes, in verse 6, he says to his son Timothy, he says, Timothy, I need to remind you of some things. Why do you need reminding of things? Because you forget them. I only need to be reminded of that which I've forgotten. And he comes to Timothy and he says, I want to remind you, Timothy, that you've been given certain things. You've been given certain gifts. You've been given certain things deposited, he says, which are in you through the laying on of hands. But he says, I want to remind you, Timothy, that those things in you need to be stirred up. Need to be not left dormant. Need to be not left unattended to. I've noticed that if I don't attend to things in life, they don't get better, they don't grow, they get worse. I'm not a gardener. I thought if I planted a seed, it'd just keep growing, whether I attended to it or not. I learned pretty quickly that even though there was life in what I planted, unless I stirred it up, unless I attended to it, it was going to just end up a bunch of weeds. And I believe that what God wants to do this morning is he wants to remind us of some things which are in us. And he wants to stir them up so that we may live the lives he's intended us to live. So I want to do some stirring today, if that's okay. It's a little bit unbiblical because the Bible doesn't say the pastor should stir you up. He says you should stir yourself up. I remind you, Timothy... To lay hold of that which has been deposited in you. To stir it up and to remember that even though you're going to walk some journeys that appear fearful, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but he's given you a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. So stir up within your heart, stir up within your spirit the things that have been deposited in your life so that you may live the potential that God's got for you to live. 
as a son or a daughter of God. There's a, there's a story, not so much a story, it's a fact, that in, in the jungles of Africa and, and India particularly, up in the remote jungles, they use elephants as burst, uh, sorry, beasts of burden. They do all the work for them. They pull down the, the timber. They, they, they lug it. They transport them. They're, they're beasts that are there for the, uh, for the burden of the people. But what these people have to do with these elephants is early in their life, they've got to train them. Because how many know elephants are pretty big? Got a fair bit of power amongst them. So what they do is they get these elephants as infants and to train them, they put a, a, a pole like this in the ground and they, they, they tie a rope to the leg of the elephant and they make sure that the, the hold in the pole and in the rope at that point is stronger than the strength that's in the elephant. So what the elephant does is he spends these days walking around, his early days, walking around this pole, pulling at the chain or the rope and the pole. And, and he, he, he keeps pulling and he keeps walking around this pole, struggling to be free. Because he knows he's born for more than this. He knows that inside of him, there is something better than being chained to a pole. Well, what he does is as he struggles, he keeps struggling, he keeps struggling. And, and, and again, they've made sure that it's stronger than him at this point. And so what he does is he gives up. And he believes that the power in the rope is stronger than the power in him. And he gives up. And it's very interesting, you go back to that same village years later and now you have a fully grown elephant still bound by the same stick and the same rope because he still believes that the power in the rope is greater than the power in him. How much does that represent our lives sometime? I'm going to come back to that story a little later. But I want us to go over now to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and I want to talk to you about some things that Paul talked to the early church about. Because there are two things. If I'm going to stir up, well there's a lot of things, but two I'm going to focus on this morning. If I'm going to stir up the gift which is in me, I've got to know what's in me. I've got to know what's available to me. It's no good. Gary Hurrigan, trying to stir up the gift of singing. It is not going to work. Rachel said to me this morning, why is the microphone off? I said, just in case I get caught singing into it, I will empty the building. It's not a gift I want to stir up for the, for, the, for, the, for the sake of the people. I don't want to stir that up. But here's the thing. What I do want to stir up is something that is in me. The Holy Spirit... Uh, or, or Paul, it comes to the, to the Corinthian church and it's very, very interesting. He comes to convince them of certain things. And see, when you stir yourself up, you start to get a, a correct view. You start to see yourself like God sees you. 
Too many of us see ourselves how we see ourselves. Or what others see in us, not what God sees in us. When I stir myself up, when I allow the things of God to consume my spirit and my mind, I start to actually get a a, a picture of what God wants to do in my life. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul comes to the Corinthian church who have some problems. If you think Noosa COC has got some problems, you want to read the problems of the Corinthian church. Most of the things, you've got to remember that the people at Corinth, before that they formed the church, they were idol worshippers. They were child sacrifices. They were into every single... Most of the people in Corinth wouldn't be allowed into Noosa COC. True story. What's happened is they'd come to know Christ, they'd started to become followers of Christ, but they weren't winning all the time. They weren't overcoming certain things. The Apostle Paul says in verse 1 here, he says, Brethren of Corinth, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal people, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you were still not able, for you are still carnal. For while there are envy and strife and divisions, and I think he really stopped there because of all the other things that were going on in the church. If he listed them, it would have been about 10 chapters. So he says, when all this stuff is going on, he says, are you not carnal, behaving like mere men? It's interesting to me that Paul, first of all, doesn't address what they were doing. He was addressing why they were doing it. He said, look, he said, you're doing all this stuff and it's not right. You're, you're, you, I, I, I wish that you were more mature and had overcome, but you haven't overcome those things. And the problem isn't the things you're doing. The problem is the way you see yourself. You see yourself... As mere men. Some other versions say, aren't you totally infantile? Someone else, another version says, isn't that what, isn't that how ordinary people behave? Now, let me ask you the question. For Paul to say, you're behaving like mere men, that sort of raises a question in my mind that maybe there's another way to act. Maybe there's another way to see myself. Maybe as followers of Christ, we're not mere anything. Are you with me? Maybe there's another way to look at myself, to see myself. Maybe there's more potential in me because I believe what Paul's trying to get across here, as followers of Christ, as people filled with his spirit, we are not mere anything. If you read the passage of Scripture, the subject matter doesn't change and it comes down to verse 16 and it's like Paul's imploring the people to see some things and he says, do you not know in verse 16 that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Who's he talking to? He's talking to me. 
And he's talking to you. And he's talking to the people of the Corinth. And here they are. They're acting carnal, not because they're bad people, but because they don't understand that they're the temple of the Spirit of God. They've got the power of God resident in them. They've got the Holy Spirit resident in them. And, but they, they've sort of not stirred it up. They've let it go dormant. And when you let it go dormant and don't attend to it, what happens is you lose the power of it. And you start behaving like a mere man. I want to tell you something here this morning. There is nothing mere about any one of you if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. There is nothing small about you. There is nothing uh, that, that, that you don't have the potential for in this place this morning because you're not Mia. Gideon had the problem. He saw himself as a Mia man. God came by and said, you're not a mere anything. You're a mighty man of valor. Get up and fight the enemy. Stir up what I put in you and go forward and live out the plan I've got for your life. The problem is the church had lost sight of the power of the Spirit of God. Here's a thing, number one this morning, that you've got in you that God wants to stir up is the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You're a temple of the Spirit of the living God. You're not a mere anything. How do I know this? Because the minute you decided to follow Christ, God gave you His Spirit. Shed abroad in your heart that you may love Him, that you may walk in the power of your resurrection life of Jesus Christ and that you may overcome in life. The trouble is, and I'm the same, we see ourselves as Mia. The Holy Ghost this morning wants to say, Noosa C-O-C, you're not Mia anything. You're not another church on a nice corner. No church should see themselves as a nice church on a nice corner. We are not Mia. We are people who follow Christ. We are people who have received the life of Christ. We're people who have received the spirit of Christ. But we've got to learn to stir that up and keep it alive. Amen. Too many of us are like Mr. Elephant. And we've settled because this is how it's been for a long time. We still struggle with the same things because we don't have a revelation, a faith that we're temples. God does not see you mere. God sees you as a temple full of his presence. Oh, if I could help you see that today, what potential you might start to believe. The things that you've struggled with in your life that have kept you bound. Oh my God, if we could get hold of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, maybe today we could see those things gone forever. Maybe we could see them bust off our life. Maybe we could see that which we once dreamt about came to pass because we're not mere anything. We're full of the Holy Spirit. I love the book of Acts. I love the Gospels. The problem with the Gospels for me is it's what Jesus did and I'm not Jesus. You might have noticed I'm close, but I'm not him. But the book of Acts, I look at, I look at, at the book of Acts. It's like Peter, uneducated, the Bible calls him. Untrained, the Bible calls about him. 
But he stands up one day and he preaches a message and 3,000 people commit their life to Jesus Christ. I'm saying to myself, what got into Peter? Before he was saved, the best he could do was deny Christ three times. A few days later, he stands up and he preaches to the same people he was scared of. And 3,000 people respond and commit their lives to follow Jesus. And I ask myself, what got into Peter? I'll tell you what got into Peter. The Holy Spirit got into Peter. And Peter understood what was in him. Peter understood the power that was available to him. And so Peter stood up and he preached. And he walked past lame people and they got up and walked. And he walked past dead people and they got up and lived because the power of the Holy Spirit, which was given to him, was stirred up in him. And he saw the miraculous. You need to read the book of Acts, church, because the book of Acts is no different today. We are not mere. We are people that have the power of God in our midst. We don't all have to be preachers or big charismatic people, but we've got to understand that even in the things of life, we've got this resident, this this gift of God, which is maybe he only gave it to people like me. Maybe he just gave it to lovely people like Terry down the front. Or people that have had four generations in the church. No, he gave it to every one of us. Power of the Holy Spirit. Power of God resident in our life. The thing is, this morning we let it settle. We say, and we accept. We accept what life deals. And I've found that life doesn't want to deal too, too much good. I've got to fight for it. I've got to fight for what God wants for my life. I got to stir myself up. I got to believe. Holy Spirit. How many believe the Holy Spirit's resident in you this morning? How many believe how many believe that that I might be a bit silly? How many believe God could save Noosa? I believe that. I'm a bit, I prefer I prefer die believing than live in unbelief. I prefer have a heart full of faith and believe for the ridiculous. Somebody once said, if you want to see the Miraculous, you've got to be prepared to believe the ridiculous. I'm prepared to believe the ridiculous, amen. I'm, pre- I'm prepared to believe that we are more than conquerors in all things because of the Spirit of God that dwells in us. I'm, I'm prepared to believe that, that greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. I'm prepared to believe that, 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 if, that if God is for me and in me, what can be against me? Are you prepared to believe that this morning? Are you prepared in spite of the challenges, the disappointments, the failures, all the winding stuff I talked about? Are you prepared to believe and stir it up this morning that he who raised Christ from the dead is still raising people from the dead? Amen. I don't know. I'm, I'm prepared to believe that this morning. Romans chapter 8. Come with me. I've already spoken about what I believe to be one of the things that has been given to us. The spirit of the living God. You know, I don't know if I said this already in the last six weeks, but can you get your head around the fact that the God who made the universe lives in you? Can you believe? Can you? I, don't, I, I can't. My finite brain does not understand that. But my heart of faith believes that. I'm not going to try and explain to you intellectually how God lives in here. Only God can do that. But I believe it. I believe on the authority of Scripture. I believe that He chose not to live in a temple made of stone anymore. He chose to live in a heart full of faith. And, I can't, and if I can comprehend what that means. Paul again. 
Number one, the power. Power. How many believe we've got power? I'm going to convince you of this this morning. I pray I convince you of this this morning enough that you'll believe it tomorrow morning. Because this is not about stirring you up for Sunday. This is about doing life every day. I've got to stir my life every day. I've got to get out of bed. You know when you get out of bed in the bathroom, you know, you, you, most of you, if you're like me, you get up and you look in that mirror and you're so full of faith. No, no, no. No, no, I'm, I'm wiping the sleep out of my eyes, you know. I start to pray. I start to, you know. Oh. Bell, you're looking at me funny. I know you don't do this, but I do this. You know? Oh, God. Oh, another day. Oh, full of faith. Oh, God. Oh, look at me. Pretty old. Where'd that hair go? Oh, but you know something? I start to stir myself. I start to have a coffee. Seems to be the thing you do in Noosa. You don't need prayer to stir you up here. You just need coffee. I start to look in the mirror and I start to say, hang on. Hang on. I'm not the rubbish I feel. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I've got someone living in me. I've got the Holy Ghost. Like, oh, hang on. You're not so bad looking after all. <laughs> oh, sure. So, oh, there's some language coming out of me. Oh, maybe I can. Oh, maybe today won't be so bad. Maybe I can stir myself up. Remind myself that whatever confronts me this day, God's not given me a spirit of fear. Love, power. Oh, I'm starting to feel better now. Maybe I won't even have that coffee tomorrow. Still got to have the coffee. (laughs) Romans 8. Number one, there's a power in you. It's working in you right now. If you're responding to this, there's a spirit of God that's working in you right now. Starting to stir it up. Sitting in your seat thinking, maybe, maybe that thing I've been challenged with for so long, maybe it's not stronger than what lives in me. Maybe. Maybe I could overcome this thing. Maybe I could get that marriage back on track. Maybe my business doesn't have to go down the chute. Maybe I could fill in the blank. It's another thing the Bible says working in us was given to us. It's found in Romans 8, verse 1 and 2. It says, therefore... There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Let me just stop there for one minute. We often read the Bible and we think when it says we're walking according to the flesh that we're sinning. It's not generally what it means. When we're walking according to the flesh, we're walking according to our natural man, not our spiritual man. You will never overcome the flesh by trying to fight the flesh. You'll only overcome the flesh by walking in the Spirit. The Apostle Paul says this. He says, you don't think like ordinary mere people. Don't walk according to ordinary mere people. But walk according to the spiritual people that you are. And he says this, for the law. Have a listen to this. I love this. This is one of my favorite passages, except for all the others. It's brilliant. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I've got to read that again. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free 
from the law of sin and death. How many like that? You know what I noticed when I became a Christian last week? Actually, I became a Christian again this morning. I become one every day. Because just, you know, I didn't have a perfect day yesterday, so I just say, Jesus, let's start again, you know. But I don't know how I got there. But did you notice when you, when you became a Christian that the law of sin and death didn't stop operating? Anybody notice that or is it just me? Just those gold coasters that still struggle with the law of sin and death. But, but, but God, Paul's telling his church here that, hey, he's not saying the law of sin and death stopped. He just says you've got the potential to be free from it. It's a bit like this. How many believe in the law of gravity? You do? If you don't, go up on the roof. and ju- I don't care what you believe. Go up on the roof and jump off. And I'll tell you whether the law of gravity still exists. But you know, a hundred or so more years ago, some guys discovered a law of aerodynamics. A law of lift. And they started to fly. How many know gravity didn't cease? But a greater law superseded it. So whilst gravity still exists, I can and often do get on aeroplanes and fly from one side of the planet to the other because there's a new law and it supersedes the old one. Paul says here, there's a law which is in you and it's the law of the spirit of life in you. That has superseded the law of sin and death that wants to get on you. And I've got this thought in these temples of the Holy Spirit that in me there's this law that's pushing out from me. And while sin and death still want to get on me and I still struggle with temptation and I still struggle with guilt and I still struggle with unbelief and I still struggle with the things of life and I still struggle with the mistakes I made and I still struggle with all that. If I allow myself to be stirred up, I can believe that in spite of that sin and death that wants to get on me, there's a spirit of life that's in me. And it wants to push out from me that I may overcome the things that want to get onto my life. You know, I, I love this. Jesus demonstrated this for us, for you on the cross. If you're not a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, let me tell you in a nutshell this morning what he did when he hung on the cross. He allowed them to punish him. He allowed them to convict them to convict him. He allowed him start himself to be nailed to a cross. And then he said to his Father in heaven and to the spirit world around him, put on me Gary Hurrigan's sin. Put on me Nathan Searle's sin. Put on me the sin that the world has committed. Put on me the fact that the world has walked away from my Father in heaven. Instead of them having to carry it, Jesus said, put it on me. The book of Hebrews tells us he became sin for us. 
that we may not have to carry it anymore, that he may carry it for us. Put on me this sin. And then he went a step further. And he said, now put on me death. The death that yours, the wages of your and my rebellion against God is death. Jesus said, put on me their sin and put on me death that I may take it for them. And we know the story, most of us, that he died on that cross for us, that he died in our place, that our sin and our death was put upon him and he went to the grave for us. But he got up because the sin and death on him were less powerful than the spirit of life in him and he rose from the dead on our behalf that you and I may not be people that have to be subjected to the laws of sin and death because we've got a spirit of life in Jesus Christ that's emanating, that's pushing out, that's been given to us through the laying on of hands. And we need to stir that up this morning that we may be people that aren't subject any longer to the guilt, the sin, the depression, the lack of destiny, the unbelief that this is just as good as it gets mentality. But we've got a spirit of life, which is in Jesus Christ. And it's pushing out just from Jamie and me. No, it's pushing out from you too. Even you sitting quietly in your seats looking at me, thinking this guy's a lunatic. I am a lunatic when I talk about the, the, the spirit that God has saved us with. If you read a little bit further on in, in, in Romans 8, it says, If the Spirit of Him, listen to this, if the Spirit of Him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, does He? The Spirit of Him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. He, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal body through His Spirit who dwells. Stir up the gift which is in you. 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 Can I take you back to the elephant? I want to go to the elephant. And in my gift of interpretation of tongues, I want to speak elephant. And I want to lift up his ear. I want to say, Mr. Elephant, move your leg. It's about as spiritual as I get. Move your leg. No, 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 Gary, you don't know how long I've had this problem. You know, I've been, I've been chained to this thing for, since I was a baby. Mr. Elephant, shut up and move your leg. Because I'm here to tell you the law of strength in you is stronger than the law of hold in the rope. Don't question it. Just move your leg. 
No, 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 Gary. My dad had this problem. It's a generational deal. We've been struggling with this forever. Mr. Alvin, shut up and move your leg. Because now you know, Mr. Alvin, I've told you that you've grown up a little bit. And maybe you could believe, Mr. Elephant, that you have available to you a strength that you were before not aware of. But this unbelievable preacher in elephant language has come along and he said, there's something in you that you were unaware of. And if you'll just stir it up a little bit, you may come to the realization that you're stronger than you think. That you've grown a little over the years. And whilst your mind has told you that this is as good as it gets, I'm here to tell you today it doesn't have to be that way. I've been struggling with this sickness for ages, you might say. My heart goes out to you. And I can't heal you. But I can bring you to a God who can. And I can rather than maybe just empathize with your sickness, maybe I can encourage you this morning and every morning to get up and move your leg. Because there's a spirit and a life that is in you, that I believe is stronger than the sickness on you. And that maybe we could believe God today to break that chain off your life. Gary, you don't know how long I've struggled with my self-image, with my identity. You're telling me that I could, Mr. Elephant? The spirit who, of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. You need to stop seeing yourself as a mere anything. You need to start seeing yourself as a spirit-filled believer in Jesus Christ. Temple of the Holy Spirit. So would you just move your leg? Do you just believe? That there is a gift that is in you that needs to be stirred. That we don't a people that sit under the circumstances of life, though we have to deal with them. But we're a people who believe we're more than conquerors through him who died for us. Why don't you stand with me this morning? I don't want to distract the meeting. I want the worshipers to lead us in a minute. Like I said before, Paul didn't tell Timothy that I'm going to stir your gift up. And, and, and as I prayed about this morning, I have asked God to let me stir you up just for once. But my prayer is that you don't need me to come back next week. That tomorrow morning, you get up and you learn to stir yourself up. because Not because of some motivational speech, but because of the Word of God that says, if something has been deposited in you and is available to you, and that if you will learn 
not to see yourself as subject to the laws of sin and death, but as overcomers of those laws, as ones who can be freed from those laws. And look, I got to be honest with you. You know what I do sometimes? I'm a bit silly, but I just move my leg. I just, it's something I do, you know, it's something like, I just, I just, come on, Gary, I want you to do it today. I want you to identify those things that have kept you down today. I want to identify those mindsets, even as a church, that, you know, we, we, we stop believing that we're for greater things. Let's break that off our life today. Let's believe God that, we, that, that, that we've got some greater life and spirit that's in us that is pushing out from us and it's the living God. Amen? That there's a spirit of life. This morning, if you are battling, if you have long things that you battle with, whether it's sickness, whether it's belief, whether it's, I don't care what it is, I want you to make your way to the front. 